Hey everyone, how's it going? Sorry about that late release last week and even a little late this time too. Matt usually works on the upload, but he's been having some computer issues and, well, he's much better at staying on top of that than the rest of us are. So listener, sorry about being late. Matt, thanks for keeping the episode release going smooth when you can. To get right to the action, jump to the 19 minute mark. And in the meantime, thank you to our patrons. And if you have a second to leave us a quick five star and uh, tell a friend, that'd be great. I'll talk to you guys soon. Previously on Knucklebuds. When we last graced your ears, the butts had just arrived in Astervale, the city on the sea. As the butts wade through the bustling and beautiful city, they are quickly exposed to its shadier side, encountering an urchin who, after some light intimidation from Liza, gave them five tickets to the Charybdis, a spectacle involving a giant sea monster contained within some kind of gladiator complex, where criminals can redeem their freedom, likely with a little bit of reputation as well. They decided to meet with Admiral Namri, a triton who seemed to be more bureaucrat than military officer, and after Babatha's inquiry regarding the airship they saw flying into the city, the Admiral asked them to come back tomorrow after he could come up with some sort of plan to get the gang on the Flying Wonder. Following this interaction, the Butts continued to follow up on their intel involving bits and pieces in Astervale, and went to the observatory just outside of town on a jetty to meet with Victrum de Ponce, a tabaxi who seems to not make friends easily. Bone Boys, Scalades, Osteo Enbies, Trans Taluses, Chitin Kids, and all the cartilaginous folks in between, welcome back to Knuckle Bones. Admiral Namreen and Chitin as well as the Charybdis. Yeah, what's butts? Butts in your butts. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Buttception. <laughs> Max, can I give There's you a compliment? I have to... Oh, I'm sorry, Mikey. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, no, by all means, get the compliment out of the way. Well, yeah. let me say the second half of that sentence. It might change your mind. Max, can I give you a compliment? It's going to sound like it's not a compliment. Oh, <laughs> oh, then oh please. Yeah, go for it. You you have a particular tone that I very much enjoy when you do these uh, narratory bits or when you're uh, – you do it sometimes during the X-ray, anytime that you are in what I think is sort of presenter voice. And the only way I know how to classify it, and it's probably because I look at your face in a little box on my computer all the time, is that I can hear your eyebrows. Like when you fully <laughs> – when you dig into an enunciation, I know the face that you're making without looking at you. And it's – I love yeah. it so much. It's just – uh, I imagine it's what you sound like if you ever had to, like, I don't know, present the budget to the board. You know, what I, I'm sure that that <laughs> voice would just come out and it would happen. Uh, that voice comes out when I when I would have to do um, recorded stuff for the nonprofit. And it was very funny. Mm. I would turn into like this really very wholesome boy uh, and everyone would just be like. <laughs> What is that, Matt? And I'd be like, that's the worst version of me. My phone voice. My phone voice is super polite and also pitched a little bit higher than I normally talk, which is something that really annoys me because that's a habit that I've talked I do the same thing. That is just just a thing. Weird. Uh, I also notice that I do that uh, when talking to customer service professionals. I talk mm-hmm. in a higher pitched voice. It's like because somehow that makes me softer and friendlier. Mm. Um, I did the phone a, thing. Yeah. Like the higher pitch on the phone. 
I did the same thing and it meant that people would confuse me for my mother, like deep what? into being a teenager. I'd answer same. the phone and they'd be like, oh, hi. And they'd just start talking to me. And I'd be like, oh, I'm for sure not her. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you've reached the Kellers. No, this yeah. isn't your my mother. <laughs> well, and then it was that weird thing where, like, you know, when you're like a 15 year old boy, you—that's the last thing in the world. You're like trying so hard to be seen as a man. So then, then I start answering the phone, like, "Oh, hi, hello." <laughs> hi, Wait, do, do I this do I have a phone one. voice, Mikey? I don't I'm think sure I you do. do. Oh yeah, I think everybody I, has a phone voice, right? I especially a, have a phone voice now with this fucking horrible Nick job that I have now. Have much of a Nick kind of. Had, I mean, Nick has a DM voice for sure. Hell yeah! What's uh, up? That. You know, hey, all, you know, all three of us know. Like, there's yeah. just a different way that you talk when you're, you know, running a game and, you know, kind of managing people in a story than is the way that you would normally talk. For one, because you are like pure chaotic energy in real life and <laughs> you have to be more organized uh, when you're playing a game, Drop especially it. when you're in charge. Imagine if I used my GM voice when I was on the phone. That would be. Wild. What I was just thinking though is, you also have a separate podcast voice, which is like, because every time I listen back to a finished episode for some reason, the bit that you do in the beginning where you're like, "Hey guys, like here's like here's what's going on with the show," and it's like Nick the person, like Nick the guy who manages a podcast, (laughs) not Nick the DM. Like that's a third Uh, different register. That's neither of the other two things. (laughs) Well, and I think that that's like, like truthfully, like this, like. Hey guys, Nick's here. Hi, how you doing? I hope you have a happy holiday. Everybody's doing good, and you're like, Nick, have you, this? And, have and you been in real life? I'm like, give me a glass of milk. Yeah, yeah. it's weird how you're always running around <laughs> demanding milk from people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Nick, milk. Have you, yeah, Nick, have you, you ever some. had a have you ever had a retail job where you like, I, you know, stand at a counter and sell things to? Because I bet, no, I, I bet you that voice is your retail votes that the I, rest um, of us have had to use a bunch, so oh, it leaked into our phone voices. Voice. You briefly were a driver for a hotel. Yeah, I was a driver for okay. a hotel. That's close like, as close as I got. Yeah, and yeah. and I dealt with like everybody. I pick, I would pick people up from the airports and bring them to the hotels. Right. And uh, I I don't know. I it, maybe I picked up something there, but it was just kind of like hanging out with people on the drive. And it was only, mm-hmm. you know, it was downtown Cushman to the airport, so it's only like a five minute drive anyways. Right. Although you could sit at that Wait, where did Cushman you where did minutes. you work? We can Oh, have... we worked at Quality Inn and Sweets, baby, on South Cushman. Yeah, South Cushman. Did you, yeah, yeah. did you work with David Morgan Fuck over it. there? North Cushman. Uh, that doesn't ring bell to me. Dave was he <laughs> That's just downtown. No, it's No, that... I worked with Tony. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Max, sure. Max is trying to come up with a sign for North Cushman. <laughs> it's just. It's weird. It's not, North Carolina. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah I don't, no. I, I'm pretty sure. Coaster? I'm pretty sure I had a roommate who did that that job at that place. Oh, that's uh, wild. Oh, probably. Yeah, and I like, and now I'm thinking like it, it was very brief in 2008. This would have been maybe he he might have been right after you then. So it's right around that same I, time. That's why I was like, wait a minute, the timeline here, like you guys yeah. might have met doing that shit. Nick was only there maybe a month. I was very working construction. Mm. That place is the craziest like crux of my life that didn't actually have anything to do with me. Like aside from this month mm-hmm. that I worked there when I decided yeah. I hated it. And so much of my life revolves around things that happened awful. there. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. The place is crazy. Don't go to South Cushman, kids. It's really funny how those things happen. Anyways, yeah, I, I was a driver for a little while, and uh, most of it was pretty casual. I don't feel like I ever had to, like, put on a face. I could just, like, chit-chat with them because it was a short enough drive that it didn't matter anyways. And they were I, contractually obligated to tip me, so. <laughs> well, Nick now, though, he doesn't have a real chill job, but Nick now has a job where he gets to interface with clients, you know, that have a lot of money. Right. Oh, and I bet that's the voice he uses when he yeah. talks. Yeah, no, you're right. I definitely have a, a different persona when I'm talking to, uh-huh. yeah, people with money. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know what's funny? Yeah, that's your rich person. Yeah. I, Hello. I I know that <laughs> I still I know that I still do the phone voice thing, like, and it's a different enough thing because uh, when I'll go to work and work somewhere for a while, and then you know how like eventually your coworkers get your cell phone number and they might just like call your cell phone for yeah. whatever and yeah. um there will be a point at which i answer my phone the way i would normally answer my phone and i can he- literally hear the surprise every time when i'm like hey what up and people are like who, who, who is this why does your <laughs> is, voice sound is, like is, that is matt available <laughs> and i'm like oh i forgot that you've only yeah, seen me trying really hard yeah <laughs> hey guys <laughs> I just hate that every time I get a coffee, I hear myself being like, thank you. And I'm like, oh, that's Ugh, me too. I, I, when I talked to uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos's daughter, I, uh, <laughs> I always say thank you. And every, well, I don't want to say it. Alexa. Yeah, no, don't, don't say her name. Of, yeah. Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, but I'll, I'll always, they, they will. But your Bezos baby. Yeah, they will say something to me like, "Tell me the weather," and I'll always be like, "Thank you." And I'm, it's, <laughs> it can't hear me. It has oh, no thoughts. I, it has no feelings. I wouldn't go that far. I, um, know that. I specifically changed minds like wake word or whatever to computer so I can just lightweight RP oh. Star Trek all the time in my home. <laughs> Whoa. And then I downloaded. Computer. I downloaded <laughs> by far my favorite skill that it has, which is one called Red Alert. And the only thing it does is I go computer Red Alert, and it turns the top red and it goes bah, 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 and it's the only fucking thing that it does and i think it's so funny uh my cat thinks it's zero percent funny <laughs> but they do um there are also two very realistic dog barking and cat meowing sound skills you can get on there just to fuck with your pets that's they're just there to stress out an animal in your life wow that's amazing that stresses me out. Yeah, I started uh, growling and barking at a dog that, like, like doing a little rough at a at a dog that was staying at my house for uh, a couple days, and the dog straight up terrified was not having a good it was time. So no, it went from it went from like like it when we make dog noises. It went, like when I was trying to do dog noises for who let the dogs out and. It, in their defense, out. if they started making human noises at us, we'd be like, whoa, what <laughs> the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, uh, one of my favorite things is when, like, for whatever reason, a an image in, like, a documentary or whatever is crisp and clear enough or the audio is just quite right that, like, the cats will be laying on the couch doing whatever and it's like, they could give a fuck about anything that's on speakers ever. And then suddenly they'll just turn and stare at the television, you know, and I'm like, Oh, you can see this bird for, I don't know what, if it's like a color saturation thing or what the deal is, but when they just suddenly are hunting and you're like, oh no, please don't jump up there. (laughs) I 
once had a kitten named Edgar, and I was watching the Aristocats. Edgar Meow and Purr, of course. Edgar. Uh, Edgar is the butler, mm-hmm. obviously, in the Aristocats. Uh, and so together. they say the name Edgar a lot. I shit you not, guys. This kitten watched the like entirety of the Aristocats. So and whenever the mouse was on the screen, would bat the mouse I, and then go right back to watching the TV. I actually saw a and I was like, he hears his name or some shit. No, like, I saw he hears a thing the TV on this Edgar, and it's like, Ooh. look, I didn't read this article. I looked at the headline of it, so this might be <laughs> nothing at all, but. I saw a headline of an article that said, it was like, these old school animated movies, your pets will watch too. And it was, and then like, you know how you can sometimes see the first like three sentences of an article? Literally they were, the claim was that the like really bold black outlines of older animation styles actually make them much easier for some animals to see what's going on. And so they will sometimes be actually interested because it is motion that reads correctly to them. I have no idea if this is true, but that might explain it. Interesting. Oh, I would actually like and to it was experiment just coincidental with that. that it also was saying its name. Also, Edgar is the guy I quote constantly. I don't constantly. think you want what meow? No, you, oh, no. no Edgar's the the human butler. But you know, you know those yes. things that get stuck in your head when you're a kid, and it's like lines. One of the ones my brother and I used to say to each other all the time is like, "You're all going to Timbuktu if it's the last thing I do." And he's like slamming the chest shut. <laughs> Uh, and we used to yep. just like, yep. like I don't know if you, I don't know, you're trying to like change a spark plug or something, and you're like frustrated with a socket wrench. We would just like scream that at tools and stuff. <laughs> I kind of do this a similar thing when I'm playing Rocket League, and I bump a car really hard or something, and knocks him halfway across the map. I'm just like, ah, I bump, bumped him into Timbuk too. Definitely from the same same scene. For sure, that was all like you printed on all of us as kids. My cat was very <laughs> close to being named O'Malley because he's a, a big orange alley cat. Hmm. Oh, hmm. yeah. Classic. And Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley is just too long. That's a, a movie I really loved as a kid that if you watch now is super racist. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to be a cat is really racist. Which sucks, though, because let me just say, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat is also a straight fucking banger. I want to be a cat. Everybody, everybody. That's so good. Careful, careful. That was fair use. Okay, we're good. I feel like <laughs> you, you never know who's listening. can remove the problematic parts of everybody wants to be a cat. And you the reason could, that I say that, that stanza, it'd be yeah. easy. Yeah. And, and the reason that I say that is because I have definitely seen it performed by Spring Break campers without that super problematic stanza. And mm. it's just an exciting song for kids about wanting to be a cat. It's like a great, like super good, like swing rhythm rock and roll song. It's like super fun. It you know? is. I also, <laughs> I will randomly get the It's just like unabashed little... racism for 35 seconds for no fucking reason yeah. at all. Yeah. It's so weird. I think we can all, like, right. we can all agree <laughs> that if cats, if cats make us all think of one thing, it's problematic stereotypes. I mean, right. lady in the but tram. They don't. All right. I have something fun for kids about a cat. Okay, well, but I have some business, guys, that I tried to get to like 20 minutes ago, uh, and I'm so glad that I was it about Banjo the Woodpile derailed. Cat? It's not about Banjo the Woodpile Cat. Um, this is me finally admitting uh, that it took way too long for me to actually look up the plural noun of talus 
is not Talus's. <laughs> it is Tali, of course. Like, given the root of the yeah. word. Uh, so we should be saying trans tally moving forward. Oh. So I just want to apologize oh. to all of the trans tally out there. We did not mean to get it wrong. Uh, and, all the, and all the people who've been shouting at us for the right. last 28 episodes yeah. about saying and, it wrong. And listen, I know better, right, than to just like just willy-nilly make up words like that because of who I am as a person. And yet, for some reason, trans taluses sounded so funny to me that I I just ran with it. And um, it wasn't until I was playing around with making some memes and I saw it in writing and went, oh, that's simply not right, is it? <laughs> and uh, took a quick, quick Google search. And uh, yeah. That's that's an interesting one because like there's this weird thing when you take a loan word from another language, right? And it's particularly rampant in science because of Linnaeus. Mm. Uh, but you don't take another language's pluralization structure when you take a word, right? There's a ton of words that we pluralize in the normal English way that actually have their roots in another language. So I think we're in some pretty fair use territory here. I agree. Okay. 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 What? What is? Is it Latin? Is it Latin? Do you think any I of mean, the Latins are coming? Here's the for thing. Us? Here's the thing. Uh, I think. I mean, that we octopus can't is my favorite decision. example of this. You let us know if you prefer trans tali or trans taluses, and uh, we'll wait to hear from you. And in the meantime, we'll probably uh, just be using them interchangeably I, I, for a long time now, because nobody ever gives wait. us feedback. <laughs> I now can't wait for us to have to go back to the intro to every episode and get one of those really bad <laughs> cut-in sounds of someone trans tally, like over it, just hit hitting it too hard. It's just me going tally. I have told you guys my favorite, one. my favorite version of this is the word octopus. Yes, We've, octop- have I have I shared this octopos, fun fact? Octopuses, they're all technically correct. Yeah. Octopedes, uh, octopedes is by far the, the most correct. And the most fun to say because oh, when you write I've it, never... it looks like. Yeah, so the, the yeah, I've the never heard that for... word, but I like it. The Octop- root for octopus. Say it again. Is... Octopodes. Octopodes. It looks like it's... you spell it like octopodes, right? That's I'm the way you would to... read I'm, it in English. I'm about to get octopodes. I'm about to get on octopodes. Hey, I hate oh, that. I'm so sorry <laughs> to any listeners that has had to listen to us have this conversation before. <laughs> um... <laughs> I got a pigeon for you. Actually, a pigeon it's a hole. Yeah, I'm gonna pigeonhole you into this observatory. That's a that's a cloaca, actually. I'm gonna cloaca <laughs> you up right into this observatory's door hole. Hell yeah, gross. I've never played D and D without a cloaca coming up. We made it so <sighs> okay. far. Here we go. Take a breath. Ground yourselves in the world that we're about to adventure into. Express your Arbaleia! Okay. Don't worry. Chloe-Galea? Arbaleica. Astrovale. It's pronounced Astrovale. <laughs> Catch your breath. Drum Down Astrovale. Astrovale. Cloakervale. Cloakervale. In the dim light within the observatory, you see what is truly a marvel. The telescope itself is enormous and impressive obviously built by skilled hands and cared for over many, many decades, maybe even a century. 
You witness as Victrum DuPont pulls the lever from atop the small platform and one of the numerous rings of varying sizes and falls into place in front of the lens. The ears on Victrum, long and pointy with his medium length orange hair that curls, sort of rotate towards you, even though the portly tabaxi himself keeps his eyes on the eyepiece of the magnificent thing. Hmm, yes. Well, it's been some time since I've had visitors this far out, aside from the poor boy that the administration sends to collect reports. But he's not very good company, always so mopey after walking this far out of the city. He stands straight up, takes his eyes off the telescope, looks at you. It really is a lovely walk if you stop to smell the roses, as they say. City folk are just too busy. Do you hate Admiral Nemery as much as I do? (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry to hear that you don't appreciate the Admiral, though he is quite good at his job. Oh, they didn't say appreciate. They didn't appreciate him, although they probably don't, based on their expression. Um, they said that they, but they don't like him, and that's just really comes down to personality. Uh, I'm so sorry, but Babitha Burbage, pleasure to meet you. This is a a, a truly truly marvelous piece of mechanics that you've got here um are you uh are you an artificer by trade i i am you see and i'm i'm just i'm so fascinated by all of this all four of you including blep are noticing like in this main uh, chamber of the observatory there's like desks and tables that have all sorts of different like gadgets and gizmos stacked on them Yes, exactly. There's all sorts of tools. This tabaxi, uh, Victor DuPont, gingerly wipes his paws on the soft red robe that he's wearing, and he pulls out this pair of thin gold rim glasses. Victor DuPont, how may I help you this evening, Miss Burbage? What's up? I'm Lysa. How you doing? Uh, Nice to meet you. Yes, yes, I'm uh, so sorry. Yes. Uh, forgive me. Introductions. Uh, Liza Ustrovichel, uh, uh, very incredibly talented bard. Uh, the first bard, in fact, to be uh, welcomed into the coven. Ah, uh, yes. Sing me a song. If you oh, you can go fuck yourself, oh, buddy. Oh, <laughs> you really—they're really quite charming. You get used to their oh. their their whole deal. Uh, then, of course. <laughs> Uh, my platonic, my platonic life partner uh, and best friend and uh, apprentice. Gautier uh, Desjardins, nice to meet you. <laughs> Enchanté. <laughs> hey, you said platonic. I thought you were gonna say Nick. Blem. <laughs> Nick, uh, the GM. Um, uh, this is uh, ab- uh, ignore. I mean, we'll get. To- to him, I mean, he's kind of ostentation, so you can't miss him. But Blep, uh, here, incredibly uh, talented, budding uh, young spellcaster mm. in his own right. Blep uh, bows and uh, and actually like takes off his head in kind of a dramatic and very cordial bow, and then puts his it looks on. slimy. Oh, well, slimy. He's a he. 
He's a, he is a he. Uh, thank oh, you, Eliza. It is fine. It is absolutely <laughs> not fine. Uh, I, mean, I would is say a, he is fine. He's a, is a, is not fine, he's a person, it. and you will uh, respect him as such. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Mr. Desjardins, newly appointed Oath Knight. I know his age; he's a little bit up there, but trust it was uh, it was. It's his, his He's our benefactor. Yeah, we kind of he's kind of keeping us hmm. in the Oath not to the kingdom of Madrigal and leader of Blythe's uncoverers of truths, treasures and such. Here on official business of the king, Edwin Blythe himself. It is absolutely a pleasure to meet you, sir. Uh, by leader he really means uh lead payment liaison, if you know what I mean. He right. kind of handles very good accountant. Very good. Crimson in the Sea King Observatory. I, I know a little bit I unheard am. of, right? He doesn't even know what he's looking at. He's, I mean, look at him. He's all brawn and no brain. You know what I'm saying? You mentioned what a fine walk <laughs> it is out here, and we have clearly come from much farther away than your average visitor. Is that Liza or Vax? <laughs> It's it's Liza. Liza's like fully when the way that Victorum said like a crimson. Uh, Liza was just like, uh, 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 oh, in the God. in the same way that it made Liza a little bit sick. Gaultier like went slightly up onto his tiptoes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What turns Gaultier on is what like absolutely uh, turns Liza off entirely. <laughs> As above, so below. Yeah. <laughs> and who is above here and who's below? Hey. Liza's a power bottom. Well, as much as I appreciate having visitors this late, I am rather busy. On with the business. We wouldn't want to take up too much of your time, but... Well, well, the king himself sent us here, and Galtier will produce the writ again. Um, Is your friend all right? I'm mostly just curious as to what the, what is this room? What are these lenses? What are you looking at? Lisa, you but remember also, take a look at the our, our component? We had with the <laughs> module on astronomy, and I know it wasn't exactly your particular... Uh... Of course you must know about the movements of the celestial spheres, Liza. Absolutely As we know, not. the fourth planet is in retrograde at this time. <laughs> oh, that I feel like that's a jab a at me. Like, oh my god, I just love the idea that Galtier is deeply oh. into astrology because he's a gem. Because Galtier is a, a fancy society boy. Yeah, yeah, he's a fancy society boy. He knows all about stars, and the only thing he learned is that that's how you can tell people's moods or whatever. Right? Is he's named after the Shemot constellation? <laughs> Yes, right. Well, we tend to study uh, scientific methodology here at the observatory. Or rather, I study scientific theory. But I believe it is your study of those exact things that we have come to ask you about. Now, the king told us to find you. We are on a, a mission uh, can we perhaps talk inside? We, we have just a few questions to ask you. I don't think it should take too long. Um, well, you're already inside. It doesn't get much more inside than this. Oh, I thought he came to meet us. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> oh, I seem to have found a roof over my head suddenly. I'm so sorry. Um, 
Next we walked in Nothing and all the, the room was changing colors and we were like, yeah, party. When you guys saw him like standing on the little platform inside, like you would have had to gone in to attract oh, his it. attention okay. in the first place. Um, Galtier wants to just explain, um, he wants to say like, hey, the king has sent us here. Um, and then if, I don't know if Victor's going to be patient enough for this, but what Galtier will attempt to do is recount the um, the shard sighting they had. Like, when, mm. it, you know, harkening back to like the very beginning of our adventure when we watched it like come and impact. And um, I think one of the things that is probably new to Babatha and Liza is like, Galtier is kind of a dummy, but it's clear that he like got a bunch of education, like a cutting edge education on all sure. these things. He's maybe not <laughs> applying it correctly, but yeah. weirdly he there. is like using all the terminology, even though clearly he can't, doesn't know what it means. Mm -hmm. um, Liza right. and Babatha, will you guys roll me Arcana Bones? I uh, I just want to say Max, the player, uh, vibes with that part. <laughs> I say that as I'm doing a call center job. <laughs> 15 from Babatha. That is a uh, 6 from Liza. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I think Liza probably is maybe a little in over their heads here. Uh, I don't imagine that Liza's too familiar with... I feel like Liza's magic just happened. It's not like necessarily <laughs> something that they studied a lot and they are yeah. starting to study it. And yeah, because er Babatha is like teaching. Yeah, ergo your like, apprenticeship. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Um, Babatha, as you're like marveling at this, at this um, very unique telescope, you're noticing that some of these lenses are almost like pulsating and shifting in these weird ways. Mm -hmm you're feeling like a good number of these lenses have some sort of magical enchantments on them. Interesting. Um, I think I can just cast Detect Magic at will now, right? Oh, I forgot about that. Is that is correct. I feel like... Uh... You just got the magic eyes, bro? You're seeing illusions yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so Tell I'm going to go Tabitha, ahead and... What do your magic eyes see? <laughs> it's a sailboat at the mall. Babatha is going to use her Eldritch Sight to try to get a better sense of what she's looking at. Um, yeah, perfect. So this place lights up like the 4th of July. More than like half of these lenses are are magically enchanted. Uh, the Arbalay in 4th of July. And, I was gonna um, ask, can I roll yeah. a, 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 history, really... uh, a history check to see what we what do we think Fourth of July is? You literally said the words "light up" like the Fourth of July, and my light, my lantern, my lamp went out. My battery-operated lamp went out immediately. Wow. Duponts has a ton of magic, like trinkets and stuff that are like I said. There's like wind-up trinkets and gadgets and gizmos all over the shelves and in tabletops in here but also these lenses which are like so think of like giant rings that that encircle the entire radius of this telescope and inside these giant rings are various lenses that as he pulls this lever it's just like switching to the next one mm -hmm. so so you're looking at like three foot sized lenses and every time he pulls it this ring is just like shifting over to the next one and most of the lenses are like radiating various magic effects this kind of reminds me of the uh 
of the like giant astrolabe for uh, Game of Thrones in the library or in the mm -hmm. citadel. Um, yeah. Like just kind of having those. Astrolabe is like is the correct term, right? I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. it's it like a gyroscopic. Yeah. Uh, representation yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. that's like a like a almost a perfect representation. Yeah. Now that yeah. I'm looking at it. That's cool. I guess I'm a little bit. I feel like you said that I sensed that there was already magic, and then I cast to detect magic, and you just said yes, there's magic, and does that mean I don't get any additional information about what kind of magic is on these? Any kind of magic that you're familiar with, there is essentially a lens that is that correlates with it. Interesting. Okay. And so, is it what is it like a lens in sequence situation where he can like yeah. filter different? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like multiple rings, and he can align them however he wants to see various distances and sizes and it's more like an, types of it's magic. like a giant optician's machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A or B. The victim spends all day going, okay, A now one or, B. or two. <laughs> one, two. I just like, okay, now. there's no difference. I don't, please stop. <laughs> Am I supposed to be looking through this thing? Yeah. No. It would be really funny if the stronger your magic was, the more you could see, like the str like the more clear you could see in these lenses. Right. But like Galtier is like, <laughs> Everything's fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> just no matter what changes, well, it's just like I don't know mm -hmm. what's going on. <laughs> Dupont yeah. just shifts to just the clean lenses, and he's just like number one or number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we um, all find out that he's like Galtier's wicked nearsighted. <laughs> he, actually, he actually just can't see shit. <laughs> That's why oh, all no. of his combat stuff is close combat. It's not. <laughs> Right, he's yeah. not a ranged fighter at all, and his perception yeah. is shit. Okay, so uh, we're so here, funny. and I, yeah, I kind of want to, um, like, I obviously want to check out this telescope, but I don't want to derail us actually doing the thing that we need to do first, and then. I mean, and I think canonically, you probably have a minute to just like scope things out because uh, you go through yeah. it takes a long time to tell a story. Yeah. yeah, I cool. feel like those were kind of going hand in hand. You were looking at everything as Galtier was explaining things. Ah, yes. Well, straight to business then, is it? I appreciate that we don't waste any time. Yes, I also saw this meteor that you are describing. And fortunately for you, as I've indicated to... Uh, he looks directly at um, Babitha. As I indicated to the coven and Kreechna, I saw where it landed. Witnessed it with my own two eyes. Well, with my own two eyes gazing out through this magnificent telescope. I see, and uh, to your knowledge, have any attempts been made to retrieve it, or is it still, uh, to your best understanding, still there in that location? Oh, <laughs> oh I don't, oh, I don't suppose you're familiar with the Maelstrom, then, are you? Oh, my, well... Please, Miss Burbage, please follow me. And he like grabs his red cloak and like 
like flicks it as he turns around and his like tail trails behind. This guy talks way too horny. <laughs> and he um, so he walks towards the center of the room where this platform is that goes up towards the lens. Would you care to gaze upon the location where it fell? I would be honored and delighted. Mm. <laughs> Nick, now you not make that now, face. You've, you've made it. You've made it worse. Now man. I'm you've, just thinking no, horny. Yeah, now Nick's just thinking horny. Uh, should, should Max and I just go for a minute? Do you guys need to work something out between just the two little husband not wife if, alone time? Not if he's making like, that been, face. We don't. It's been a long week, you know. <laughs> Please, make it hornier. <laughs> Although my lenses typically are used to gaze into the celestial bodies above the Earth, occasionally I can point it mm, a little bit closer. Hmm. Are there any new beaches in Astervale? Just uh, asking for, you know, for while we're in town, not for any illicit any reasons. Rogue That's... windows? I am going to pretend you did not say any of that. So now, listen to all the if you will please. And he, like, steps back and he very gingerly gestures towards the lens to Babitha. Do be careful. Oh. Please, I don't need warning. Uh, I see this as, like a, like, a really weird, like, Final Fantasy-esque, like you look down in the telescope and then there's like the ring around your vision, you know, <laughs> like very video gamey. Um, Bamatha takes a look. She definitely, uh, like very intuitively kind of seems to understand like what the basic mechanics of everything is. You know, she's like very astutely turning knobs and things, clearly getting the lenses fitted, suited to her vision. She seems very focused and in her element. Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. Like, I think that he, um, he notices that you are comfortable with this. And also, you guys all want to give me an insight check. Um. Blep too? Yeah, why not? Jesus Christ in heaven, that's a nat one. Hell yeah. Oh Sums up with this guy. Hella sus. I mean, that's a that's a total of six. A little less hella sus, but still hella sus. It's a sixteen for Babitha. Okay. And a fourteen for Blep. This guy was in the kitchen a couple minutes ago, and I think I don't trust him. It's an eighteen <laughs> for Galtier. Okay. Um. Everybody except Liza, I think. Uh, maybe Liza is just like a little overwhelmed in this space. It's just kind of something totally different, maybe. Um, everybody else notices as Babitha is asking about uh, retrieving the shard. It feels like Duponce's response to show Duponce's response to show Babitha the the telescope uh, is a bit of a deflection. Hmm. So, Babitha, you are looking through the telescope, and at first you see exactly what you think you see. You're gazing out into the stars, into the night sky. You see streaks of light going various directions. You're obviously looking very far away. Um, And slowly, as you or DuPont start, like, pulling levers and 
turning like a, a, a giant hand wheel crank thing and the whole telescope body starts starts to turn <laughs> you know you know how i am with words but i just i love that you spend the time looking for another word and then decided now nah, i'm just gonna slap a bunch of them together <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? I do. I know. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Nick, famously good with words and colors. <laughs> Why am I in charge of this? No- this oh, nonsense? wait a minute. <laughs> is, is being word blind a thing? Did we just learn something? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, no, that's just illiterate, so... man. <laughs> and I don't think Nick's illiterate. I'm word blind. <laughs> I can see everything except my letters. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's that's actually that's a, like, probably a funny like medieval description of dyslexia or something, right? right? Exactly. Like, like, I just can't see letters. It's like, well, no, you can see them. They're just, you know. Like an old time. He's got the word blindness. That's just a, to me. That's just like a really bougie way of someone saying he's illiterate. But right. it's I'm word blind. So you know, I'm word blind. <laughs> <laughs> Babatha, DuPonts tells you to DuPonts tells you to to crank the telescope towards. Let me think of my directions. God, a little bit, did... a little bit towards the west. Just just crank it off towards the west a little bit. I'm going to adjust the, you know, adjust the lenses here. So Can you're you, cranking um, it. And... What is what does it sound like when DuPonts says that? I would like to hear DuPonts' voice when you want someone to well, crank it if, off. Mm-hmm. If you wouldn't mind, Ms. Burbage, <laughs> cranking it simply. Like to that. the west, I will adjust the lenses oh, as needed. Oh. I'm I'm sorry I did that to you guys. So you're cranking and he's cranking. Oh, I thought. And uh, I cranking. <laughs> you're cranking off towards the west. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the shaft of the telescope here. Uh, um, is so the long glistening telescope. <laughs> Liza's just trying not to vomit. This entire, <laughs> the moment they walked in this room, just fully want to vomit. So you're you're turning this wheel that's turning the telescope uh, slightly to the west. And as you're doing it, DuPont is like grabbing this big, there's like a whole set of levers and he cranks one. And you see all of a sudden the sky, you're looking at the stars and, and the far off sky. And then you see that it just like, sets back and all of a sudden you can see the moon in the sky and it, it like you're zoomed in on it but now it's in your field of vision and then another crunk and it comes back even farther and you can see uh, sort of the mountains off to the <laughs> I thought the you were the about to tell me to that this fucking city. shard hit the moon and that we were gonna have to, and I was like are you fucking kidding me right now because I can't. Okay, it would have been much cooler. I can't first even of all. with your moon base. Airship to the moon? Hold on, shit your just changed. airship just become a <laughs> spaceship? Like, I don't think that we can handle where this Where we're going, we don't need air. Mist ships can only run where there's mist. So, <laughs> Mike was playing through Final Fantasy IX and I'm very proud of her. So, um, so it zooms out, and now you can just see the mountains and the hills off to the northwest of Astrovale. And one more time, it zooms out just a little bit farther, where this is like a like this is one time magnification. And you're cranking to the west, where you're starting to only be able to see the ocean out in front of you. And another lever, and the darkness that is encompassing everything. It's dark outside. You're probably at like 
11 o'clock at night at this point. A lens locks in front of the the telescope and bam, it's like dark vision. Everything is just like infrared. Like you can see the shapes and the, the movement of the ocean and everything. And he kind of like gestures you to the side, looks in, cranks it a little bit more right to where he wants it to go. And then he puts like gestures you back down and starts zooming in again. Chunk, chunk, chunk. Crank to the west, crank to the east. And as he cranks this the first time, you see off towards the horizon at the edge of the telescope's range as the earth obviously curves is a large void. I'm out. <laughs> Shut up. Damn for that. Bye, I'm guys. Out. I'm out. Hey, yeah, no, that's the final straw. I just, I can't do this. Even with the dark vision lens in front of this where you can see things, you know, it's clear as day. There is no light. It looks like, for lack of a better term, a black hole. No stars, no moon. Occasionally, this, like, streak of light can be seen streaking like lightning across the surface. You see this (laughs) shape, Liza, or um, Babitha, that looks like a black hole sitting, resting on the surface of the ocean at the range of this telescope where it's at right now, at least. Do you see it? Or shall I zoom in closer? I mean, it's obviously hard to miss, but uh, there's more detail to to uncover. I'd truly appreciate it. Although, you know, she's got it under control. It, has Victrum been the one mostly like guiding the telescope at this point? I feel like yeah. all you need to know is the proper onomatopoeias, and then you can run this telescope. It should trunk. <laughs> yeah, basically. One. It just, I, it just clicked for me that this is like a weird ghost situation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, Victrum's just behind Babitha, <laughs> like guiding her around. <laughs> oh. Liza Blep and Galtier, you guys are like. It's it's very tight. Disgusting. You guys are welcome to step up on the on the platform and like look through it as well. Um, I don't want to limit like this viewing to only Babitha. But um, um, ha- does Galtier know of the Maelstrom like by reputation? Um, roll history. While this all while this ghost situation is going on, can Liza uh, be doing like investigation or like? Walking around, kind of like seeing what else is around in this room. Roll a investigation. What was your history? Uh, 21. Um, yeah, I think that I don't think that you are familiar with like what it is, but the fact that there is like a void off the coast of Astrovale that is in Babitha, you're seeing this that is miles and miles wide. I and know like, that there's just like some big disruption to where ships can go or something. Yeah, you like just you, okay. and and what you know with that is you don't go there. You just gotcha. you don't you don't go to the maelstrom. You go around it. I got a ten. <laughs> um, Liza, one thing that you notice that uh, it's very interesting to you is that there's this uh, mechanical crab on the. <laughs> I feel like crabs are becoming thematic here. Um, oh, wait, we're in Astroville. Duh. So there's this mechanical crab that is on the table, and every time you look away from it, you can hear it 
And then as soon as you look back, it stops. And you look away and it... And it stops. Is it a homunculus servant? Is he an artificer? Does he have his own friend? It's just map, you know? Does Hubbub have a perception? Can Hubbub... <laughs> what? No. Hubbub has a perception, but only for other homunculi. Excuse me. Um... Yeah, Hubbub, Hubbub can roll a detect ice check. <laughs> One second. <laughs> hey, guess what, motherfuckers? Actually, Hubbub, the fucking hurry broom, is my homunculus servant, which means that it does in fact have a perception check of plus four. So, and a passive perception of 14. It also has dark vision and understands all the languages I speak. Which means it also speaks ground. Hot. You have a staff that talks. Well, it means it understands ground. It understands. It doesn't yes. talk. Okay. It understands. The point is, the whole reason that I have this staff that can do all of this stuff is because it is also my homunculus servant, which is a tiny construct, which is kind of like a living being. It's got an armor class, all that good stuff. Point is. I hate it. Roll a perception. <laughs> But it can't talk, so it doesn't matter what it sees. Babitha still no, won't but know. it can. But it can well, walk no. over and react, or it can like bend over and like tap her. All on right, shoulder. you'll oh. be happy to know it's only a seven. <laughs> yes, your staff is not smart enough. Like I'm not saying we couldn't make hubbub. Like, hey, we're gonna tie a bell to you, and if someone approaches, ring it, ring it. That's like. We could do that, but like, hey, can you tell me some detailed information? And it's like, no. No, I do just we teach this the thing idea, Morse code? right, like, of like, <laughs> if you go into a place and you have a dog and someone else has a pet that's like wandering around, like, even if you don't know that there's a cat there, like, your dog is going to notice that there's a cat there. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. As soon as the mechanical crab feels like it is being watched, it stops moving. Interesting. Oh, so. Small soldiers rules. I see what's up. <laughs> okay, so uh, Doctor Dupont's. Uh, uh, sorry, Professor Dupont's. Uh, what's your formal title? I've totally forgotten. Well, tenured professor. Oh currently on a well, very long sabbatical. Sabbatical. You have it. Psychiatrical, oh, uh, and so you do have a doctorate, then. So doctorate, oh, which do you prefer? A tabaxi would never get a doctorate. <laughs> well, it really depends on your definition of a doctorate, but uh, suffice it to say that I am very, very smart. I am starting to hate Mr. DuPonts uh, to the point that I have now de-elevated uh, him uh, in terms of salutation. So Can if I... we could just, didn't, like... Didn't you guys come to this knowing he wasn't very likable or something? I yeah. mean, yeah, but also Babitha likes everybody. Can Liza somehow give Bardic, like, de-inspiration? <laughs> Words. <laughs> yeah, like, Look, can I give, whether like, it exists bardic... or not, can we make desperation a thing where you just talk shit and someone's worse at something? <laughs> Isn't that vicious mockery? It's uh, that's um, unsettling words. Oh, but, that's literally I mean, vicious mockery. You talk shit and then they have disadvantage. There is a um, there is a bard class I think has it where it's de inspiration. I believe. 
Yeah. I just want I just want to say the thing desperation. I think it's funny. Well, do you, Miss <laughs> Burbage, see the maelstrom? Obviously, I see it, Doctor Dupont. It's uh, rather. Uh... Apparent. Uh, so what you're saying is that it fell directly into the maelstrom and thus has not been retrieved, or I assume any efforts have been made to retrieve it. Is that what you are, rather than just telling me or showing me thematically with all of the chunking in? I mean, listen, I'm not complaining. This is a very cool machine. I'd love to learn more about it. Um, but basically morally tldr uh that's an acronym that i'm working on you see uh tldr it's in the maelstrom and that really sucks for us are we going to have is this going to be our underwater episode or our um. underwater <laughs> level uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is the, so the music is going to change and all the controls are going to be different. <laughs> we just have Every to hope time. it's like a Donkey Kong Country situation and not, you know, <laughs> like a like a Mario situation. Actually. Oh my god, the underwater the Mario levels are just the worst. It's, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. Oh no, the what worst. What all... is it that you are even talking about? I really hope this is more of an Echo the Dolphin situation. Oh, hell yeah. I take it then that you do, in fact, see the maelstrom. Yes, I see the maelstrom. Thank you for answering my question. I answered it multiple times. I told you, I see it. It's an eyesore. It's large. And then I asked you a follow-up question. Yes, Mr. Desjardins. Now, do you have any idea what sort of forces or uh, natural phenomena we might encounter there in the maelstrom. I know from my very <laughs> limited experience that people don't, we don't go out there, but it seems like we may or we may need to find out some information uh, up close, as it were. Oh. So, Dejamo, I would assume that someone as educated as yourself would know not a soul has entered or exited the maelstrom for nine generations. Since... Only Nick could make a cat character so unlikable, right? Like, cats are always fan favorites, doesn't matter. And then this fucking guy, man, he's like, like, to... he's kind of like Gaultier before we got used to him. To simply touch the blackness itself <laughs> is to bring pain unlike any you have ever experienced. Your flesh chars and burns until it begins cracking and your boiling blood evaporates from within. A slow and excruciatingly painful death to be certain. Well now suddenly you said you had no information to share but it seems perhaps you do. You have just told me one more fact about the maelstrom I did not know before I visited this particular house of knowledge, my friend. Well, it is perhaps life-saving then, I would say. And you are welcome. Roll, a, roll another insight, uh, Babitha and Culture and Liza. I want Bleb uh, to be kind of sneaking around this whole time. Um, 
Like, I don't know if there's any, like, weird, like, instruments for him to pocket or any, like, little, like, secret rooms or anything. But, like, definitely while Japon's is doing, like, all the ghost stuff and everything, uh, if you'll allow it, I'd like to make a roll for for Blep at any point. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so I'll roll Insight for Babatha and Perception or Investigation, which I roll for Blep. Um, do investigation. Okay. 21 insight from Liza. There we go. Uh, 13 insight from Galtier. Okay. Insight. Uh, that is a 19 insight from Babatha. And wow. then um, Blep, that's only a 13 investigation. Okay, I'll resolve Blep first really quick since it's going to be okay. pretty simple. Um, so, excuse me, there's only one other door, like, in this sort of area, and it's, like, nestled between these two big bookshelves off to the side, and, like, cracking it open while DuPont is distracted, uh, Blep opens it up on, like, a very tiny sort of studio apartment type deal, mm. where there is, you know, a bathroom and a small, small kitchen, and like a, a cat tree and a scratching post. Love it, love it, love it. Um, but within that, there is really nothing um, at this point that Blep can discover. Cool. Now, uh, back over to Liza and Babatha. Um, Liza, now it clicks with you. This is the second time that he's not really directly answered the question about this thing. And... Babatha, you were suspicious in the first place, and now it's like when you when you ask if there's nothing else to show, you see him just like he like quickly like tilts over and like licks his shoulder like he's cleaning himself, like he doesn't want to make eye contact for a second. Mm-hmm. That's so off-putting. Oh uh, yes, and and like and like he's a little pudgy, fat orange cat. Fuck. Uh, Liza's just going to like roll right up to him. And how tall is this guy? Um, he's pretty short. I, I definitely see him as like the short and fat kind of portly, okay, portly little cat. Okay, Liza's just going to like roll right up on him. I'm kind of seeing Babatha and uh, Victrum talking, like over to the side to a certain extent, and Liza's been off on their own kind of this whole time. And I want Liza to just basically overhear this and just decide to walk up and stand directly next to him and just like peer down at him and just go, very interesting that you honestly do not disclose to three of the people that could potentially give you nice things from the king if you would perhaps help us out considering this. And then I hold up the writ and it's upside down <laughs> and I just hold it in front of his face and I'm just like this thing is worth a lot of money in terms of what we could help you with but if you're not willing to play well I have had my eyes on a new lens though it would have to be enchanted first he looks at you Obviously, this can be arranged through the coven if it's not something that I can handle myself. Perfect. Oh my god, I'm going... Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Very well, Ustrovichil. I shall show you. Okay, didn't even have to roll. Dope. No, no, no. Your role play was too good. I was, I was seriously considering, and I was like, no, it's just your your play is your play was too good. You don't have well, to roll I that. can't roll less than a twenty-one. So, oh, okay. I have a question <laughs> that I think our listeners would love to know the answer to. Oh no. Do do all tabaxis make like purr sounds in words they speak, or is this guy just like a huge douche? I I was going like to say I was going to volunteer this information. Uh, he definitely does it on purpose. Okay. That's not definitely. a thing that's not like okay. No, 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 no. He definitely does it on purpose. He just he doesn't want you to forget he is Tabaxi. Oh Galt- Galtier has no problems with Dupont's right now. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah, the, the, the only thing that Galtier is thinking in this situation that is like anti Dupont's is that it does, from your reactions, it seems like maybe he's been lying to us. And lying mm-hmm. to an agent of the king is like lying to the king himself, which is a problem for Galtier. I think that very undramatically, Dupont's palm, pause, pause a lever and just hold it down for a second and these the rings of lenses just sort of like were through 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 and then he lets go dials it in and babatha this happens as you're looking through it and the void of light or the void uh, the black hole that you're seeing through the telescope changes with this new lens and all of a sudden it looks like a bright bronze ball that's just resting on the horizon instead of this black spot. And now towards the top of it, you see this brilliant blue light that radiates out from a hole in the top. Here through the umbral lens, you can see where the shard penetrated the maelstrom. You said umbral lens? Indeed, I did. Can this be pointed elsewhere? Like, back towards the city? Well, it can be directed towards the city, but you can only see the tops of the buildings. As I've stated previously, this was intended to gaze into the celestial bodies of the sky, not the lands. Okay. So, uh... Has anything come out of this hole? Oh, dear, no. This is where the shard penetrated the hole. Please stop saying penetration. Please stop saying the word penetrate. (laughs) Just gonna put that... Just gonna put my foot down right now. No more word penetration. No more word penetrate. I just ask question, you you answer. You cannot see through the regular lens that there is a void at the top of the maelstrom, but through the umbral lens, as I have discovered, there is an opening. And rest assured, Admiral Nemery is very enticed. You're welcome. Um, Nick, this, um, this visual that we're seeing now, so when he flips the lenses... Is the is the bronze dome like 
is it is it a discoloration of what we were seeing? Where like suddenly we can see the maelstrom, or do we think there's like yeah. actually a physical structure in there? No, 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 no. It looks like it's just a, a different uh, manifestation through a different lens. It's still okay. the same, the same um, incorporeal type of thing. So when we uh, see where this where this shard like punched through it, essentially, it what we're seeing looks like a physical form because of this lensing, but this is probably some weird magic shit where the shard has punctured the like the maelstrom in big quotes like we don't really know what any of that shit means right yeah, yeah. exactly okay exactly and and Fuck. to <laughs> note to note is that like nobody really knows what the maelstrom is like you're you rolled your history previously and you, you would even learn this from the ponce or whatever like nobody really knows what it is um mm-hmm. because nobody can get near it got it like to go towards the maelstrom is like certain death. If you touch it, your fucking body starts to char and your blood boils and you just die. Um, do do we know enough to know like can people go? Can you go like right up to it and then it's like a, it's a it's only if you touch it or is it a like as you get closer it's hot over there kind of a deal? No, I think that it's definitely like a zero to a hundred kind of thing. Like you're okay, fine. There's like a threshold where it. like right. once you cross the line, boom, you're toast. Yeah, yep. Gotcha. Okay. It's not like incrementally getting closer to a sun. It's like you're there and then you're burned. So we could we could theoretically approach it and maybe try to learn some things. We just had to be super careful. I'd be uh, so, As opposed to like we can't um, even get over there. I'd be curious, uh, Dr. DePont. Uh, it seems to me that if we're going to be traveling, we're going to need some uh, sort of portable way for us to be looking for this opening in the uh, in the maelstrom and elsewhere. Uh, I'd be interested in working with you to develop some mm. sort of like uh, umbral spyglass. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I had not thought of this. Ooh, I, oh. I, I Ooh, hope they're oh. just little tiny glasses. I want little no, opera glasses. No, this is this is really cool because I mean for so many reasons, but like to have a portable view into basically yeah. into Umbros. Yeah. That's what I was trying like, to get at with like pointing it back at the city was trying to see if we can point it back, what do we see in the city? Like, what's going on in the city if we see through the umbral lens? So I didn't even think of going portable. That's dope. Um, I can tell you if you'd like what you would see because you could reasonably do it um, as you're hanging out with him. Um, so you can crank it towards the city to get a look at, like, you know, the, the t- tallest of the buildings. Like, they just happen to be at the bottom of this thing's range. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you see, uh, again, like, Using the umbral lens, you are looking into Umbros. Yeah. Um, Is that Nick? If we like, you know, as they we have to pan this telescope from the maelstrom, like I assume, like across the coast and maybe some mountains and then to the city. Like, is it clear that we're seeing a like similar but different ghost geography? Like, yeah. Or or, or is it just like the maelstrom in the city, or is there like activity in that pan? No. So so you're seeing like. Uh, I think ghost geology or is like the right way to describe it. Like you're seeing the same mm-hmm. things, but like reskinned essentially. So, what you see through this telescope as you're uh, panning it over, you can see like the tops of the tallest buildings, and they're all it, it's it's almost like Crescia, where they're all like deteriorated and uncared for, tarnished and gross. 
and they're all covered in this like thin roll a um I want to say nature is going to be the right check here. Nature or give me just an intelligence. Um, I'll let all three of you guys roll this because you're probably all going to want to peek anyways. <laughs> it's a natural one for Galtier. <laughs> he does forget it. 13 for Babitha. It looks like confectioner's sugar, Galtier. Oh. I wanted to give Babitha a... Um, a uh, bardic inspiration just because I haven't he, ha- he hasn't uh, stated if my role is successful or not yet so you could still yeah. do that yeah then want, I want to give it to Babitha because Babitha has the highest intelligence of all of us so and I'll just turn uh, turn to Babitha and just say even in Unbrose you're hot as fuck honey and just Oh, and that's a six on the Bardic Inspiration, which means that it's now a dirty 20. Or, sorry, a dirty 19. Hell yeah. What you all see looking through this, I'll get to that in a sec. What you all see looking through this is the air that you're seeing. So you're kind of having like the mixed um, lenses now. So you're using the dark vision and the umbral lens at the same time. And what you see is that there is this smoky purple haze that's washing through the air. It's like smoke from a wildfire. And this unnatural purple light that's like radiating over the land. And you're seeing that like, that's what the natural light of Umbros as it is right now. Yikes. Interesting. Uh, There's one more roll, uh, but first... um, Babitha, you know, so Galtier, you're, you look through it, you're like, oh, it looks like confectioner's sugar. But Babitha, as you the as the telescope is panning and it reaches like the tops of these buildings, you're seeing like frost on everything. Even the ocean out where you're seeing is like, it looks cold and frozen and frosty. And the whole mm. city is covered in frost. Interesting. I see... So it seems to be some sort of dim, dark, cold version. I wonder, I mean, it could be an inversion of the seasons. It could simply be their winter, or it could be some sort of arcane and everlasting winter. I mean, the, the, the Martin was uh, seemingly concerned about Ambrose. Interesting. Uh, so, do- do- Doctor, uh, wh- where are we at vis-a-vis the, uh, the umbral spyglass? Is that something that you were willing to work with me on, or um, hmm. is that uh, well, impossible? Fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, Admiral Nemery has already procured one. Perfect. You see, uh, Captain Kastrima has it hmm, on the ship already. Perfect, darling. So glad to hear you've thought of everything. Well, this is what I am paid to do out here, is to <laughs> be more intelligent than the administration. I hate this guy. I hate this guy and like low-key, like Mikey's starting to hate Nick over it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do we um you said Captain Kastroma? Yes. And and do we know 
Is that is that like a Captain famous Castrium? captain whose name that we know? Do we know um, like he's do we know the person Captain or the Castrium. ship they would be on? I why don't you Galtier give me dudes? history? Give me history again with advantage dudes? from Galtier. Uh, that is a 18. It's actually a misnomer. He should be uh, known uh, as the circumciser as he only removes foreskins. But it just didn't have the same well, it's, level. It's not a misnomer because he's a human. <laughs> that might be the dumbest one I do all night. God damn it. Yeah, you know Captain Valentino Castrima de Sangre. Oh shit, that's a name right there. As he was the captain of the airship that you rode on. Um, hmm. Fascinating. Okay. So when he says the ship and I realize he's talking about the Castrum, I know it's a one-to-one that he means the airship. Yeah, pretty pretty easy to put those two things together. I will um, give a little eyebrow to Liza and Babitha and say... Oh, so it sounds like they have this umbrella lens that we need to board that big fancy new airship you we might have seen around. Ah, we're going to fly in the airship. And now, you know, it occurs to me suddenly that perhaps an airship might also be the optimal way to get ourselves into position over that there maelstrom. I think we have a, a date with destiny here. Mm, well, don't twist my paw too much, but... As I've said, the Admiral is quite keen on entering the Maelstrom. I'll say no more. That's... well, okay. Thanks for being cryptic and unhelpful, I suppose. Um... <laughs> I feel like this guy read, like, whatever the Arbalean version of, like, the pickup artist is or whatever. Like, <laughs> yes. He's, 100%. like, trying to... He's, like, trying to sound more interesting than he is, and it's like, no, I think actually you might be, like, a pretty interesting guy if you just were... <laughs> Would fucking talk normal. No, it's like he watched one uh, uh, Sean Connery James Bond movie and then was just like, "This is how that's how a guy that's how a guy should act if you want to be cool." Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. So you understand. Yes, darling, absolutely. I can't thank you enough for your hospitality, so I won't even try. Best of luck to you. Uh, we should, uh, sound like, turn in for the evening and then uh, head to the airship tomorrow. Right? It's late at night. Isn't that right? You were closing and then we came. Mm-hmm. And I've got that right in my head. Totally. Oh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> close when it gets dark out. Right, it was the Chamber That's... of Commerce that was closing, so sorry. Right. Now, Mr. DePonce, of course, if there happen to be any other details or discoveries that you make, we would be mighty interested in any other information you may have, and of course, cannot thank you enough. The pleasure has truly been all ours. Mm. There has been no case. such pleasure from me. Good night. Yes, well, do not forget that you do owe me one enchanted lens. What? Maybe. Bye. (laughs) You slam the door on your way out. (laughs) 
No, I mean, to me, it's just like Liza's just being like a petulant like teenager, and mom and dad are gonna pick up after them, like, <laughs> just Bye. like a perfect, a perfect uh, reciprocation of uh, of Dupont's, anyways. Yeah, yeah. and and Galtier's energy in response to that is to be like the children are misbehaving. Someone else will deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> and then Blep is just like. No. <laughs> yeah, Blub is like the last out. one in there, and yeah, stands completely still. Everyone's gone, and Dupont is kind of looking at him and gesturing between Blub and the, you know, the mess, and Blub just yeah, tongue to eye, dead stare, and turns and walks out without a word. Maybe drops a piece of crumpled paper on the floor just to add insult to injury. The candy. No, he stuff. drops a the crumpled up crab on the floor. <laughs> He's just like yeah, the crab is all out, like crushed. Turns out Bled hated that crab and has just been slowly taking it apart uh, this whole time in the background. You guys, are you guys done with Dupont's? God, yes. Yeah, I we're, was done was, with, we're with Dupont's the <laughs> please, moment I was please, in there. Yes, please, yes. We leave. We go we to go. this place where we have get, rooms. We get out this of guy. here. Uh, so in my notes here, I instead of writing Dupont's de cat, I wrote Popons de cat. <laughs> and Popons. I, I, I kind of like that more. Popons. Popons de cat. Okay, so you guys exit the observatory. We do. Oh, okay, yes. cool. Thank you for Please. answering that. Sorry, I was searching for a word. Did not think that was a question. I was yeah, like, uh-huh. that sounded it, like a definite it, statement. Um, it wasn't my. It wasn't my meat ram was overloaded. I didn't need to time stop using in. meat ram like it's a thing. <laughs> You're trying it to get it going in one of our other games, and he feels like if he gets it going on this one, that it'll be cut. Stop trying to make fetch happen. You guys step out into the into the cool evening or the cool night air. And make your way down the jetty, down the nice path, towards the actual land, and in the direction of Astrovale. It's where the jetty meets the landscape that you see three large men standing, dressed in, shining, if it was light out, shining white and silver armor, swords drawn, waiting for you. Do we recognize their the cut of their jibs? Do they wearing? Do we recognize these colors? These armor sets. Silver keep. No, you don't. Um, roll a. Let's get. Let's get a good roll here. Roll a religion. Oh no! Oh fuck! Religion. All of us. Yeah. Uh, that persuasion? is. That's a four for you, boy G. Hell yeah. Religion. Fuck my dick. <laughs> That's a four. Nice, nice. That's a 13. You need a lot of 13. Um, witchy. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you guys straight up, those are all too low to be familiar with these these people. They have this, um, they have this sigil on their chest plate that is like, a, almost like a swirling star. So the the guy in the middle, who's who's the bigger guy, sword drawn, uh, standing directly in your guys' path, he says, "Yep, 
So, we heard you were coming. The Luminous got a message to send to you. And we heard you are coming and the butts <laughs> are ready to handle it. We will find out what happens next time on <laughs> Knuckle Bones. <laughs> it's weird that they knew we were coming. It's so bizarre that they knew we were coming. It's so weird that they knew. I'm word blind. I'm word blind. You know I'm word blind.